Hi friends, good morning. This is Lucy with Nourishing the Essential. I am here today in Fayetteville, Arkansas with Jessica McClard. She is the founder of the Little Free Pantry here in Fayetteville. Thank you so much for being on with us today. Thank you for uh, the opportunity to talk with you, Lucy. We are so excited to talk about this movement. If you have seen uh, Little Free Libraries in your community, this is really similar. So if you're just walking down the street and you see something that looks like a Little Free Library, just peek by and check it out because it might not have books in it. It might have food and there might be a way that you can donate or receive food from that pantry. So as you know, our podcast and our mission here is to help the underserved communities and reshift our focus as we're getting back on our feet. So talk to me about how this started for you and the growth of the movement? So uh, I was inspired by Little Free Libraries. You referenced the Little Free Libraries. Uh, I am a reader and a runner, so I was really interested in those yeah. spaces and watched really as this concept tipped before my, like it was happening before my eyes. And as I would <laughs> run, I would see more and more. I really started to think about what was going on in that space. And it seemed like it had as much to do with um, our hunger to reconnect with one another as it yes. did um, with the books that went inside. If that was the case, anything might go inside. Mm -hmm. I think the fact that so many of these actually even look like kitchen cabinets, it wasn't, you know, yeah. it wasn't a, a tremendous leap to, to get there. Uh, I, you know, there were other things uh, that were kind of um, rolling around in my head at the time. Um, I was involved with the Women's Giving Circle that had been uh, giving uh, money to a local school to provide snacks because teachers were going into their own pockets to do that. Right. Um, I've always read pretty heavily uh, uh, in kind of the poverty justice uh, right. field. And it really did seem to me like, um, you know, by focusing on food, this was a way that might um, fill some gaps while also preserving, um, I guess maybe a bit of dignity yes. uh, for those right. uh, who need food resources and also mitigating a little bit of shame uh, that goes yeah. along with uh, finding yourself in a position of need, which I myself was there at one point. Um, I remember what it feels like uh, handing over uh, yes. those bright yellow WIC tickets. And I was really grateful for the service, but it really was, um, you know, it was, it was an experience that stuck with me. And if I could, uh, you know, make make it a little easier for somebody in that moment, that's what it was about. I think, um, you know, I, I've shared on my podcast and on social media, you know, I've, I was a WIC recipient for both of my kids and I was so grateful. Mm -hmm. But there were so many times where I did not have transportation <laughs> to get to the food pantry or to get to a grocery store to get WIC. And so... Um, having something that's just like, it's on your block. Mm -hmm. You can just walk there. Or guess what? You don't have to go at this and such a time when you can borrow a vehicle or if you share a vehicle with somebody. Trying to figure that out can just be monumental at mm -hmm. times. Um, I also think something that is really beautiful about it is in the community, you might know somebody that needs um, food, but you're not ready to talk about it mm -hmm. um, just in your friendships. Obviously, my friends that were close to me, they knew that sometimes we really struggled, but they're not going to bring it up to me, right? Mm -hmm. But I know that if we had had something in our neighborhood like that, they probably would have said, you know what? I know your kids love avocados, and they would have put it in there and knew that I would go there. Mm -hmm. And I think, like you said, just having that 
you know, dignity about it. And you don't know who it came from, but it's, it's that thought of knowing those people in your community. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, that's just huge. I love this movement. And we talked a little bit before the podcast about, um, you know, that this is part of the mini pantry movement that is grass movement, grassroots movement, and it has just spread mm-hmm. all over the nation. So, um, as we, as we keep going, if you look on the website, you will see some mapped, uh, food pantries, but tell me a little bit about the unmapped as it grows and it grows. You said other people are, you know, going through their own networks. So I, um, early on really felt like, um, you know, keeping this movement grassroots was a way to go because right. it would feed more people faster that way yeah. without the, the top down structure. Uh, kind of what goes along with that is that it gets further and further removed from any, you know, from me and right. from, um, you know, kind of the root of the roots Mm -hmm. of the concept and that's just fine so uh you know there are lots of folks that are doing this um under different names Mm -hmm. uh and anytime this goes into a new community that steward becomes the local expert and it just grows from there so there are um stewards that are doing this who probably have never heard of little fruit pantry in fayetteville arkansas uh there are large steward networks who maintain their own uh, maps for regional use and that makes a ton of sense Yes. I, I also, speaking of, um, you know, they're not called the Little Free Pantry. Mm-hmm. I did some see on TikTok as I was looking through, there's a Little Free Shed. Mm-hmm. I think it's in Idaho, maybe? I, and I know that one. I was like, oh, that's genius. Mm-hmm. And I was also seeing that under that vein, um, warming stations mm-hmm. uh, that happened over the winter. Um, and that, um, talk to me about how this serves our homeless population mm-hmm. as it just continues to grow after this pandemic. Um, you know, we, uh, my husband and I, um, previously lived in the Texas Hill Country and in Austin, it's a very large, um, you know, homeless community. And coming back home after seven years away, I have just been, um, so sad, but just amazed to see the growth here mm-hmm. of that. So talk to me about how this helps them as well. So uh, I really do see these as, uh, as hyper-local and mm-hmm. serving really um, th- a local population. So where they're located will um, kind of in some ways dictate who they serve. The one here uh, that I steward is, um, this is a very mixed neighborhood and the population that serves is mixed. Okay. The projects that are in, um, South Fayetteville were more of the, um, folks that are experiencing homelessness in this area, uh, live, those, um, serve that population more okay. so than this one. Uh, a nice thing about the minis is that, uh, you really can kind of tailor what goes inside right. to target that population. And so while I may stock more snacks for kids during the summer, I often see and will myself stock more, um, even though I, you know, single use plastics that folks really need water. So things like water and, um, just ways to get cleaned up, uh, for people. Uh, so it really depends on where they are and you can, can really target, uh, these populations and I'm seeing that all over the country. Um, I uh, tend to think that locations uh, that are approximate to both supply and demand traffic uh, tend to work the best just because if these are crowdsourced 
they'll be stocked more frequently if they're as proximate. So a lot of times, uh, you know, if these are located in places where, you know, they're just, there's just a lot of poverty, um, you know, the truth is it's going to be empty more often yeah. without someone uh, really to organize and intentionally be stocking. Um, so as we're talking about stocking, what, um, how does that work? Everybody's going to be a little bit different. Like mm-hmm. you said, it's a grassroots movement. So as far as here, because this is you know, what you're doing as part of this movement, how do you guys stock? Obviously I'm here in your office as I'm looking at the wall, I see things that, you know, people have brought in and I check the pantry on my way in this morning and there's milk and there's spaghetti sauce. And I saw a few other things Mm -hmm. in there. Talk to me about how that works locally here. So when I started the pilot at the time I had a full-time job and I really just was doing it as I I thought it might work and I wanted to see if it could. I really had no intention of it, of it being anything that was going to be super uh, labor intensive for me. Look at it. Well, (laughs) you know, like I didn't know that it was going to be, this was going to be what I was doing five years later. Um, but I needed it to be something that was easy. And so I continue to think, and maybe this is for me, I say that people fill the box with kind of who they are. I still need it to be easy. So the pilot continues more than five years later to be 100% open source, which means I don't organize any effort, stocking effort around it at all. The community just at its discretion and convenience supplies um, the pantry with, um, you know, whatever um, they're buying at the time for the pantry. Um, And I've been amazed that it's five years later is still working. And in fact, maybe even better now than it was for the first couple of years. Folks really, I think, uh, stepped up during the pandemic, probably yeah. because they were more aware of their uh, neighbor's need. Yes. Uh, and I, it seems like it's, it's still uh, going pretty strong. Nine times out of 10, when I go by the pantry, there's food in it. Mm-hmm. Um, so what I do at the end of the day is I'll pull stuff from these shelves and swing by the pantry. And if there's food inside of it, I actually will, um, there are a couple other pantries on my way home. Mm -hmm. Um, I'll maybe swing by one of those and put the food in in one of those instead. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I think that's the way, I think that that's the way it's done by people. I mean, I think people who are part of, really a part of the work, the movement, and there are a lot of us, I don't really think that I give more than a lot of um, people who are really strong supporters of the work. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's what we do. Um, we just kind of will carry stuff around and, and stick it where it's needed. Right. I, I just think it's amazing too, just to see, um, <laughs> the brotherhood in the community mm-hmm. come together. I just get overly emotional <laughs> about that too. Cause I have been that person that mm-hmm. has received so many times. And, um, even when you just don't have very much to give, being able to have like one extra can of soup mm-hmm. and be able to give it, it just feels amazing to give back mm-hmm. and um, to give back anonymously this way. So we're going to do uh, a little, I'm sorry, were you going to say one more thing? Yeah, yeah I was going to say something please about do. that because I feel like the folks who um, are, are using these pantries um, to take the food out are as much a part of the work as the people who are putting the food in. Yeah, I mean, we're all doing this together and it's really unfortunate and and just tragic, actually, that we stigmatize a certain t- kind of need. Yeah. I mean, this pantry is meeting my need as much as it's meeting someone who needs the food. You know, I needed this in my life. 
I need to give to this pantry mm -hmm. and it's meeting a need for me. But mm -hmm. we stigmatize the other, uh, you know, the other kind of need for food. And I mean, this is just, I think that the movement is as impactful for the stewards and the people who give as yeah. it is to the people um, who take from it. it that's so important. I mean, we talk so much in self-help and, and you know, um, all, all of our different religious texts about giving to others. So whatever your personal core beliefs are, I think we can all agree that we benefit and it is a need and a desire built in us to give to others, whether it be a hug, which we have not been able to give, mm -hmm. you know, this year, or a can of soup. This is an innate need in all of us. Mm -hmm. So you're right. It is. It's stigmatized if you need that food, but gosh, we need to be able to give too. So mm -hmm. I just, I thank you for starting what you've started here and just to see it grow has been amazing. And if you guys want to connect with Little Free Pantry, um, they are on Instagram, Little Free Pantry, also on Facebook. Um, there are several threads for Little Free Pantry on TikTok, not the one from Fayetteville, but so many just amazing projects that you can scroll through there and look. Um, we're going to do a short uh, wrap-up podcast after this about if you are wanting to start your own. So please follow us uh, on Instagram, TikTok, and on our podcast. We'll be with you shortly on that one. Stay tuned. And remember, you are essential. Bye-bye.